0: Um, do you have? A, I mean, you were supposed to do some post-debate analysis because this debate right. was supposed to be held at the University of Hartford. Pretty disappointing that it didn't happen because I, I don't know that they'll have one. And so I guess, is there any insight into what, what happened?
1: Uh, you know, to the, the best of my knowledge, um, Rapini had a, I think it was a health-related issue. I'm not sure of what the details were, but uh, I was notified uh, probably a few hours before that the debate would be canceled, and then um, we planned an alternative in which we just sat for about a half hour and talked about the election.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, you have Dominic Rapini, who's the Republican; Stephanie Thomas, the Democrat; Cynthia Thomas—is it Cynthia Thomas—the independent candidate—and people don't know. People don't know these candidates, and it's kind of strange because Secretary of the State is in the backdrop of the last couple of years is is is, I used to think of this as a very sleepy job, but it's not sleepy anymore.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think certainly since the 2020 election, it hasn't been a sleepy job to the minds of many voters across the country. Um, You know, the stakes are really high with some of the things we're seeing occurring in some states where, you know, pitch battles are occurring over access to the vote. And so, um, this office is increasingly become, uh, becoming a really critical office, and I think quite critical to how we think about democracy and how democracy works or does not work in our country.
0: Yeah, for for sure. And Cynthia Jennings is the independent candidate. So, what can you tell us about? I mean, you can talk about Jennings if you want to, but Rapini and Thomas, the two major candidates here, who we're going to debate. Do you have it? Can you share with us what their Stances on some of this stuff, whether it's absentee ballot or early voting. Can you, how do we distinguish between the two?
1: Right, and I think in many ways you, you the, the Distinction between the two are, are quite sharp. I think for context though I think it's important to understand the Democrats have held on to the Secretary of State State's office since the 1990s and so Denise Merrill has been in office, I believe 11 years before needing to retire to take care of her husband, who has also some health issues um, that she's dealing with and he's dealing with. And so in that sense, this is an interesting race. Um, It's a race, again, that's in the backdrop of the 2020 election where voters, particularly Republicans and Democrats, are sharply divided about whether democracy works and whether elections are fair um, or not in our country. Um, Thomas, you know, clearly is someone who wants to continue the legacy of Denise Merrill. She is someone who is in favor of extending or expanding the right and access to voting through things like early voting and no excuse absentee balloting. Rapini, on the other hand, is someone who wants to rein in that office. He really believes that there needs to be a greater emphasis on election security, preventing voter fraud. I think there are some aspects of the story about the election was stolen from Donald Trump that Rapini subscribes to. And so I think when it comes to candidates for Secretary of State, um, we've got clear differences about, you know, what the office should be doing, right. what the office should be prioritizing.
0: We're talking with Dr. Bilal Siku from the University of Hartford here on Brian and & Company and WTIC. You know, I personally, I'm a centrist, I'm, a, I'm an independent, I'm not a registered with, with any party. And I, what I would say is, that like... Early voting, I understand, but I don't like it too early because I think that people can vote before they think you can find out things before an election. I think early voting can be a little dangerous in that sense. And I always worry about with absentee ballots. I do think it should be universally allowed, but I do think the security of it is very, very important. And I just what I don't understand is why we don't just make, whether it's state or federal, just a holiday for Election Day. Let everyone get paid at their jobs and go vote.
1: I'm in agreement with you. Um, I, you know, you may know, but I'm also the chair of the board for Common Cause in Connecticut. And that's one of our issues is making Election Day a federal holiday. Um, other countries do it. America is far behind, lags behind. Why don't and-
0: we do Why don't we do it?
1: I think, you know, in some aspects, there's opposition from the business community for obvious reasons. That's another paid holiday that they object to. Of course, you could do it on Saturday, which would be less impactful, I guess, when we think about the Monday through Friday, you know, work schedule. I think, you know, for some political leaders, low voter turnout can work to their advantage and things that can increase voter turnout, they look at as a gamble. They're not sure if it's their kind of voters who may show up for it. And so there's also a partisan split on this. Democrats may think that this could benefit them more. Republicans think this could benefit them less. And so there's a lot of, you know, division in our country about our elections, about uh, election procedures, and, um, you know, and having a day in which voters can come out like they do in many other countries and vote for for that matter some countries there are actually multiple days in which people can cast their ballot and so i think it's time for us to really rethink how we do elections to try to create a way that's most convenient convenient especially for working class people and people who really Mm -hmm. struggle to try to fit in some time to make it to a polling place, especially in some communities where you may experience long lines and other kind of difficulties, just exercising that basic and fundamental right in a democratic society.
0: You know, we're up against the clock. I'd love for you to either come in studio or come on, come on again, because I, I, I'm really concerned about the election process and especially even the monitoring it on, on election day, but we don't have any more time, unfortunately. So hopefully you'll come back, doctor. We, we would appreciate that. All right, love to come back. All right, Dr. Bilal Asiku from the University of Hartford. Have a great day, sir. Thank you so much.
1: You too, thank
0: you. That's really good. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.